This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We got a phenomenal show for you today. We're bringing in a superstar of, of uh, social media and of television. Great big star, Dave Marciano. Hard Merchandise, Wicked Tuna. He's on our show today. We're going to bring him in in a few minutes here. But before we get started, gang, we only got a couple of days left of that holiday gift package to be a part of your Saltwater Guide lifetime membership, $350. That's all going to go away at midnight on Sunday night. So you want to make sure that you get in on that. You want to be getting part of that gift certificate package. It's going to be going Going away on Sunday night at midnight. It's $350 lifetime membership to the website. You will not believe how many people have taken advantage of this. And uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be around for a long time. I take pretty good care of myself. So the lifetime package will be way worth it. And then on uh, January 1st, 2024, the price of your saltwater guide is going to $29.99 a month. I know I've been very, very underpriced for a very, very long time. So you want to take advantage of it as soon as you possibly can because the price is going to go up. And you're all going to be a part of the website eventually anyway. So I don't know what you're waiting for, but get involved now. And then Justin Botrell is going to be going live again tonight, hoop netting in Long Beach, L.A. Harbor. The amount of people watching that live show every night is mind-bending. We're getting 15 to 20,000 watched minutes a night, somewhere between nine and 20,000 people watching it. It's an incredible event. If you haven't watched it yet, live hoop netting inside the Long Beach, LA Harbor. And tonight should be spectacular. I know you all been watching what's going on on the news in Southern California right now, but this swell that has hit Southern California is something we haven't seen in a very, very long time, causing mass destruction up and down the coast. But what that does for us is it makes those lobsters crawl. I apologize to all the people that have lost a lot of stuff today with this giant wave, but those of us that HoopNet, we're super excited about what's going to happen in Long Beach, LA Harbor tonight. You want to be a part of that show? It's going to go live at about six o'clock tonight, Pacific Standard Time. So. If you haven't seen it yet, well, you can go look on our YouTube or excuse me, on our Facebook channel and you can see the live video night before last. Justin had just over 60 legal lobsters on that trip. It was pretty incredible. And then don't forget t- today is Deckhand Sports 
Friday, Dave and the gang over at Deccan Sports are our big sponsor for our live Friday show with our special guest. We'll be showing you his product here about midway through the show, so don't miss it. I'm sure Dave Marciano will have something cool to say about these bags. I don't think he's actually seen them yet, so he's going to get to see that bitch and sizzle video that Dave and the guys over at Deckhand Sports made, and we'll check that out. And if you grab that QR code, you're going to save 15% on your Deckhand bag. And Dave's a big part of the live shows with Justin out there on the boat. Justin has that large bag hanging off the back of his boat. Sometimes you get to see him drop thresher sharks in there. Then he's got those dry bags that they put the lobsters in. All that's supplied by Deckhand Sports, an incredible product. Just the amount of tie downs that he's put on these things, because every single private boat is totally different. Take my word for it. I've been on a lot of different private boats. Every private boat's different. And with all these different tie downs on the kill bags, it's an incredible product. And then he put those ribs in there to keep your fish off the bottom of the bag so it's not sloshing around in that water all day. It's just an incredible bag. We'll show you that sizzle video in a little bit. But hey, without any further ado, let's bring in this guy. Let's bring in one of the funniest guys I've ever heard fishing. Dave Marciano, you're welcome to the show. Thank you for being a part of this. I know you're a busy man, so thank you for coming on with us. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Been looking forward to it, Dave. We've been talking for about it for a few years, so it's it's nice to finally have time to connect. Yeah, it is. I'm super excited to have you on this show, and I can't thank you enough for doing this for me. I hope you and Nancy had a great holiday, and I hope you have a wonderful New Year's. Let's get into this thing, because a lot of people know you from the TV show, but there's so much more about Dave Marciano that I think a lot of people would love to hear about. So what I like to do in the beginning of the show is start out with how did you get into this fishing thing? Because you're in an area that there's a lot of old time fishermen. How'd you get into it? Well, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's a great question. Oftentimes I've been asked before, you know, was your dad a fisherman? And the truth is, is my dad didn't know how to bait a hook, right? He really, he just didn't. And, and, uh, so it was one of those things I picked up as, as a young kid. Um, you know, and there is the only family member I ever had that took me fishing was my, my father's youngest brother, my uncle Joe, Joseph. And uh, unfortunately, when I was very young, I was probably seven or eight. He passed away from leukemia. So as a young kid, right, that was my first experience with death. But especially that was hot on me because that was I loved fishing, right? And he was the one uncle. He would take me, bring me down the pond, you know, nothing fancy, just fishing with a bobber and a worm, probably, right? And um, you know, that's why, like when my son was born, I named my son after that Uncle Joe, right? Joseph. Um, you know, so he kind of planted that seed. And again, even as a kid, we lived near ponds down in Ipswich Mass in you know, they just couldn't keep me away from the water, right? You know, um, and again, my dad didn't didn't know nothing about fishing, but what was great was, you know, he never understood where I, I got this passion for fishing for, but he never condemned it. You know what I mean? He, he just never understood it. And, uh, you know, he was in the insurance industry, so not a fisherman like myself. And, you know, my, and he, he worked in that his whole life. You know, from going to the desk to he worked his way up the ladder and, you know, from from president of the company to eventually owning the company. And 
My sisters went to college and went into the insurance industry with them. And again, I never looked back and I just, you know, took to the water as a kid. So it was always a passion for fishing, you know, for fun that got me into fishing, you know, and then life happens. And after, you know, high school and I guess when I was college age, you know, I just I worked on boats down in Key West, Florida for a few years out of high school. But then life happens and you you know, you get married, you have kids. And, you know, that's where I kind of started to orient more towards the um, commercial fishing, you know, just to make more money than I could make on the potty boats and the head boats. So, um, you know, I have that dual career, if you will, that not only do I do a lot of potty boat and recreational fishing, you know, just like you see with us, uh, you know, if people follow us on a, on a, on my personal page, um, you know, just fishing for fun with me and the wife, you know, I, I done a lot of commercial fishing out here in New England, you know, gill netting, dragging, you know, that's what we did for a lot of years with all my boats, uh, was primary commercial fishing. I mean, there was, this, there was a time where we would just be commercial fishing 300 plus days a year, you know, but then times change, you know. Did, I just wanted to check real quick with you because we're both excited about being on the show together. You did link in, right? Before yeah. we went live? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we, yeah we're I sharing just, live. Yep. I just wanted to throw that out there because you didn't want to forget. Yep. So let's go back a little bit because we got we jumped ahead. You got into going on the charter boats back in Florida. Where at? What were you doing? What was that well, about? I worked, it was with a company I worked in New England with. Uh, they would go to Florida for the winter times. Yankee Fleet out of Gloucester, Mass. Right. So, I mean, I got my first job on a boat when I was probably, I think I was 11 years old. Right. I was the kid who I would go every weekend. It was a local potty boat. They used to do four hour trips out in the harbor. Right. And I would save all my, you know, my allowance money and, you know, the money I made mowing lawns or whatever. And my, you know, my, newspaper route money to go fishing on that boat on the weekend and you know one in the summertime and one weekend the older kid who used to work the deck didn't show up so you know the owner looked over and knew me as that kid who was here every weekend he said hey kid you want to work right and I never looked back so I had that first job when I was about 11 on boats and again those first that first 10 years it was primarily all you know party boat fishing um with you know on the big party boats the cattle boats you know what i mean that's what i did and i went from that little operation in the harbor down in salem beverly harbor to up to gloucester with the yankee fleet in gloucester which at the time was one of the largest party boat outfits out here on the eastern seaboard you know they had i think we had 13 boats fishing uh at the time i was with them so let's think back to when you got asked to work on the boat inside. Didn't that feel like you had just won the lottery? I'm, when they ask you to work and you've been like watching those guys for so long. I mean, that feeling inside, I feel it right now. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. Best so it was, it was, it was a great thing when I was a kid. Again, I, you know, it was the, a real job. And, you know, at the time, um, you know, it was, it was a big upgrade from paper out money to, Again, you got to understand, too, and and it's true to this day, uh, you know, in the the New England potty boat industry, 
And that West Coast potty boat industry, which I've experienced over the past 10 years, you know, because of the show, I was had the opportunity to get out there and do that. Um, they're really two different industries. Uh, it really is. That's been like a phenomenal thing to watch um, and explore. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's definitely though, it's, it's totally different here uh, compared to out there, you know, and, and I, you know, I would say out there it's, it's at another level. It's, you know, it's up one level than from what we, we have here, and, you know, it's, it's hard to describe and I don't want to disparage, of course, the local industry. Right. But it's definitely two different levels. Well, yeah, my father, he's been in that industry since 1947. And what he always told me was we're the only in sport boat industry in the world, Southern California. That's a live bait industry, which right. there's a lot of people watching that are watching you from where you're at in Gloucester. And there's a lot of people out here on the West coast watching. Why don't you do me a favor real quick? Cause like, I've never been on the sport boats there where you're yeah. at. Kind of explain to us how they go about that and how they fish, because a lot of us know how we fish out here on the West Coast. Hey, Nancy, but we know how everybody is, but we don't know what's going on back there. So if I'm going on a sport boat in uh, your hometown, what am I expect? What's going to happen? What are we doing? Well, we it's totally for? different. You know, a lot of a lot of what we do now. I haven't done much fishing on the bottom fishing boats. Uh, out there, right? But I expect it's probably similar. You know, so we're anchored up, we're fishing. You know, it's just funny, like offhand, like they, folks here, some of the guys out here, they 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 see moments of the chaos during a bite on that West Coast fishery, right? Where you're drifting and sliding, right? And everybody's over and under. And, you know, guys you know, look at that from here and they go, oh, I'd never do that. Look at the chaos. <laughs> but, you know, it, you know, and I can see that, you know, cause you're seeing a snapshot of a moment when it's the worst. Cause of course that's what I'm going to share. But the reality is, is that's standard operating procedure out there and it works just fine. As long as everybody's working together. Right. You know, even though it can't, you know, that's the fun is that chaos is there's nothing better than a bite when you've got, 30 guys on the boat and 25 of them are hooked up, you know, and, you know, you have fish get lost, but, you know, in that situation, it's easy to deal with because you know, you're going to get another bite, but, you know, at the same point, you can see a lot of fish get landed like that when, when everybody's working together and you have those good crews out there who understand what they're doing in that situation. And I'll even admit, you know, that's been one of the great things for me, you know, fishing out there, I learned a lot that I kind of brought out here, um, you know, and applied it where we're applicable, applicable to our fisheries. You know, like one story I got now, you know, out there hooking doubles and triples is co quite common. Having two or three guys with a fish on in the same boat, even on an anchored boat, right? And, you know, and here... You know, I, I really learned a lot about dealing with the doubles. Now, we're fishing one or two or three rods. I've always had a different philosophy than even the other captains out here when it comes to tuna. Like, I don't put five rods out because the worst thing you do is hook five. Just hook two or three fish for a bunch of different reasons. 
right? You know, if you hook those multiples, you can only keep one, even if you get three, right? So why hook three? I would rather hook three over the court. You know, if you hook three, if you go find a spot and there's three or four 800 pounders there, if you're smart about it, you can go back and catch one a day with one rod, right? If you go there and you put four rods out and hook all four of them, yeah, you, you, you're going to catch one, but what are you going to do tomorrow in the next three days, right? So it's just a matter of perspective, right? And that's kind of the way I learned from the guys I fished with when I was younger, right? Because so there is two schools. Other guys are out there. You got to put everything out. You got to put a bunch of stuff out. And the way you see that, that just drives up expenses. But, you know, back to the, the point of the story, you know, when we are, uh, you know, on multiples, Learning the way we get those fish close together so we can pass the rods and manipulate the rods much more effectively, like that was a huge thing for me. That made uh, being able to land multiples, you know, that that gave me a lot more confidence when we do work multiples, even with these giant fish. Um, Like that was a skill that I didn't know existed. You know, we dealt with it, but we dealt with it differently. It just, we never had full confidence. Now, after what I've learned out there, we've got all the confidence in the world when we get those multiples. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because it is kind of a different type of deal out here because there's times, like you said, we can have 25 bluefin going at the same time, all hooked up. And and we play, like Nancy was saying, we play the San Diego tuna shuffle. Everybody works together, and it's kind of spectacular to see that whole thing come to fruition. And people that have never done it before, it kind of blows their mind. I bet it was pretty pretty eye-opening the first time you came out for Rollo's Kids at Sea to see this, what's going on out here. And I'm sure you listened to everybody talk to you before you left about what was going to happen. But when you finally see it, it's pretty amazing, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, that was that was definitely a lot different. Uh, than what we're used to. And, you know, we, we both realized we, we, you know, we, we love it out there that first time we, you know, we did that. And uh, one of the ones we still like to do is, um, you know, to do the calico bass fishing with Ben Seacrest there from Accurate. He took us doing the calico bass. That was great. We love that. Uh, you know, still to this day, one of my favorites is, you know, there's nothing better than a, a than a good yellowtail bite when they're on the surface islands. Oh yeah, that is fun. You guys don't get to experience that back there. You get the bluefin like we've never seen. We call our bluefin big bluefin. A 200 pounder is a big one in Southern California. Yeah. You guys been allowed to keep those, right? Well, yeah, and, and you know, it, it's all perspective, though. Yes, we do. It happened on a occasion, bigger fish, but. Uh, you know, look at the gear we're using. That's what impresses me. You know, we're using the gear we're using, you know, to catch a 250, 300 pound fish with the gear we're using really isn't that impressive. You know, it's, it's, it's like catching a rock cod out there with it, with it, with a 80 pound setup, right? It's, it's, you know, all you got to do is hook it and bring it in. It's pretty, pretty good. But, you know, so when you look at the perspective of those 200-pound fish you're catching out there with the rigging and the way those guys fish, um, you know, that was pretty impressive. And that's, um, again, I think things I've learned fishing out there, I've taken back here, and it's definitely helped me up my game here, you know. 
Oh, that's good to hear. I know there's a lot of people on here that always wondered that. What's the difference between that, what Dave Marciano's doing on hard merchandise compared to what what they're doing on the Shogun or the the Royal well, right. Star? And, you know, I, I can give you, a, you know, a big thing is, is obviously we're not holding the rod. So the rod's sitting in the holder, right? And then the other big difference is we're live bait fishing often, uh, but rather than you know, the way we flat, you know, the way you're, uh, you, you flatline things out there or, or live line things, you know, we, we'll fish three or four rods at fixed depths and we'll leave them there. Right. You know, something, obviously if on the potty boat out there, you know, if you're the guy who drops a sinker down at a hundred feet and then puts a balloon on it and expects to leave it there, it's just not going to work in that situation. Right. You're the guy, you know, you'd be the guy causing all the problems. So it's funny about the differences. You know, we'll sit there with three baits in the water and keep them in the kill zone, you know, and suspend them, suspend them where we want compared to what goes on out there where we're all fishing different depths and we're all, you know, you're switching spots, you're moving around to make it all work and feeding those live baits out. Um, so it is quite a contrast. And, you know, what's different is, we're fishing shallow here. We're, we're, we're fishing on structure here, essentially. So we're anchored up on an edge and, you know, figure on average at 200 feet of water is where we'll, we'll, we'll be um, sitting down. And we're going to wait for those fish to come by. And when we deal with fish, you know, sometimes, some days, I'm only going to see one fish in that sonar, one fish in that sounding machine. And being able to hook that fish and land it is going to make the difference between the clients having a great day or if we're commercial fishing, it's going to make the difference between a paycheck or not. So, you know, that's a big contrast, too. We're not dealing with the large volumes of fish. And that's why, too, you know, you've, you've probably seen over the years why sometimes I might get a little wound up when we lose one. You got to remember, sometimes, you know, and you, that's the part you don't see on the show is, we might have been waiting 10 or 12 or 14 hours for that one rod bed. And then if you lose it after four or five hours, you know, it's a <laughs> lot of stress. And now, granted, life has gotten good for me, right? And and I've been very fortunate because of the show. Now, you know, that's, there's no denying that. But there was a time in my life after going through all that, you know, when that rod bed at the end of that line you know, that was the baby formula, right? We, you know, we would buy, that would, would buy groceries. That would pay the mortgage, you know. <laughs> so, you know, granted, that's when I probably developed those tendencies to get a little fired up, right? It's a lot of stress, especially when you're a young man starting out in the business, you know. That was the boat payment. That was the house payment. That was everything all wrapped up into one. Um, you know, and a lot of times you put a lot of effort into that. So, even though nowadays, you know, I know, you know, obviously on the show, you know, we can we continue to key in on that perspective that, you know, yes, in fact, you know, for me, that that was that was how we made a living. That's how I brought up a family of five, and it's stressful. Now, granted, these days it's a little um it's a lot better. You know what I mean? Nowadays, look, if I don't lose the fish. You know, my kids aren't going to go hungry, although they do like to, you know, have me say that as often as possible on the show. Let's face it, right? 
you know, if we don't lose this fist, my kids aren't going to have pencils for school, right? <laughs> you know, that's that's when, although we're not actors, right? We, you know, we know we, you know, we have those points that we're we're leaning into, if you will. You know what I mean? That's oh, yeah. our character, if you will. And you know, again, for me, it, it comes off pretty easy and pretty natural because that was the truth of it for a lot of times. You know, I didn't. A lot of these other guys are successful in other areas in their life, and that's fine. And they have these beautiful boats, and you know they work for everything they got, and that's all good. I'm not saying anymore right or wrong, but you know there was a time in my life was when when I was clawing my way to the top with those old boats and just making them work. So it's it's just two different schools of thought, you know. Right. And once it's embedded in the back of our head that this matters more than anything, like you said, this is how we're going to buy the baby formula. This is how we're going to buy the diapers. It, it, it's hard to, when that fish breaks that line or gets away, it's hard to keep your emotions. I mean, I've seen you break a bunch of stuff on the show and I know you've done it way more than just on the show, but real quick, I want to talk about the quality of your guys's fish is the most important thing when you're trying to make a living watch this real quick i want to show this bag then we're going to talk about kids at sea with rollo but i want you to see this kill bag real quick that deckhand sports has come up with we'll show you the sizzle reel we'll talk about it for a minute and get back to our show all right Isn't that an incredible bag? The way you put those ribs in the bottom, keep them yep. out of that water. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and and then tie downs everywhere. Dave, everybody over at Deckhand Sports, thank you very much for a quality product that keeps our fish in the best condition we can possibly have. And Marciano will tell you, if that fish comes into the dock and it's not the best it can possibly be, that could cost you a lot of money. So thank you very much for that. And then. We're going to give you that QR code right there on the screen, gang. If you go to uh, those of you that are driving around listening to the show, if you go to Deckhand Sports and put in the code YSWG and the number 15, you're going to save 15% on your purchase. They have many, many products. So go check out the website. Those of you that are watching, you can grab the QR code. You get the same discount. But go to Deckhand Sports and check out all the bitchin' products they have to offer you over there. And uh, you won't be disappointed. This is a high quality kill bag with all kinds of guarantees on the zipper, on the tie downs. There, Dave left nothing to think about. It's all set up and ready to go. But thank you very much for that, Elliot. We need to get into what's really super important. It's that Rollo Kids at Sea that you and Nancy have been involved in for a very long time. We got Mike Lum answering questions on the side here, letting people know what's going on with kids at sea. June 23rd, Dana Landy, Mission Bay, the captain. You come and you can meet Dave and Nancy and all the other captains that will be involved and everybody will be at the dinner. And then they go out and go fishing. It's kind of a 
Cool deal. All the money goes to Rollo Kids at Sea. There's a little bit of information right there in front of you. And because of Dave and Nancy Marciano, we've been able to take over 150,000 kids fishing. And I know this is a give back for you. This is a huge thing you and Nancy are involved in, but it's a give back. It's, it's you giving back to people that deserve the give back, which is pretty spectacular. A lot of people don't know you're doing this. They don't talk about it on your on Wicked Tuna. They don't talk about it on the show. There it is right there. Talk about it for a minute because you've been involved with this for a very long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's been um, a fabulous opportunity for my myself and my wife, Nancy. Um, you know, that's really what got us started on the West Coast. I had been out there to visit the Accurate Factory and fish with Ben Seacrest a little bit. That's when I got introduced to, like, the Calico Bass fishing. Um, and then, you know, again, the, I think the very first year they did it, you know, and I think they worked with Paul Herbert to give Paul credit. He was there from the start as well. Um, but they asked both of us. And at the time, I couldn't do it the very first year simply because I had already had my cal charter calendar, you know, booked over here in New England. Right. So there was no way I could cancel trips on folks uh, to go do it. But since that second year of the event we've been there every year uh and what a great way to get introduced to that west coast fishery not only for myself but what was great is you know when i said when early on when i said hey i'd like to do this event uh you know i get to do a lot of great opportunities but you know oftentimes people uh put the brakes on when i say hey i want to bring my wife with me I, you know if you want me to do this you got to work with me you know, and I want to bring my wife along for the ride because uh, that's only fair, right? And, you know, you've all seen my wife now. She loves fishing. She has a great time. You know, and they didn't bat an eye. They said, sure, bring Nancy along. And it's progressed now where, you know, this year, you know, Nancy's going to be kind of on her own boat. I, I, so there's going to be myself there this year. There's going to be Captain Bob Cook from the Fat Tuna this year. And then Nancy will be on one boat as well. So, you know, that's the progression over a decade of that event. And, you know, what's, what a great opportunity, again, not only for all the good work Rollo does and the friends of Rollo do, uh, but it winds up being a great opportunity for me and my wife. You know, we turn it into a little vacation after. We get out there, we do the event, and, you know, then after that, uh, we – we like to go spend, you know, some time, just her and I, doing what we like. So it it works out really good for all of us. Yeah, it does. It's cool when you guys come to town. It, everybody gets very excited. Gang, if you don't know what uh, the Kids at Sea, the Rollo's Kids at Sea is all about, gang, I'm going to just kind of give you a little backstory of what's going on. So we lost a very close personal friend of ours, Rollo Hines. 20 plus years ago, had a little accident on a boat and he was all about taking kids fishing. That was his thing. Taking kids fishing was a big thing for Rollo Hines. Rollo is a super good human, really took care of the kids whenever they came out fishing with them. And so what the industry and Franklin Presti, Pete Gray, Mike Lum and Tim have all done is they've taken all that that Rollo was about and they've taken it and they take 
children that will never, ever have a, another chance to go fishing. Everything is donated. The children get to go fishing zero cost out of anybody's pocket except for the money that's raised when, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Dave and Nancy come into town and other people and the we give away so much stuff. The industry gives away a lot of stuff to for the fundraising events and we do a Mike Lum and Tim do a big fundraiser at most of the shows. Everything is to give back. So take children fishing. It's all about taking children fishing. On the comment section, those of you that are watching, Mike Lum, he's like the man. He's been given for a long, long time for Friends of Rollo. He's answering your questions over here on the side. Anything you want to know, anything you need, go ahead and throw your questions up on the side there. Mike's watching right now. He wants to tell you and Nancy how much, how grateful they all are for you being a part of this. It's changed a lot of children's lives. And if you listen to what Dave and I were talking about at the beginning of the show, it's all about someone took Dave fishing. Someone took me fishing. That's how we got into this thing when we were kids. And that's what this kid, friends of Rollo's, you have no idea what's going to happen. You could have the next wicked tuna captain taking him fishing, right? Right. That's right. So it's a great opportunity for all of you. So think hey, about well, it. Hey, look, too, I, I, I don't want to forget, you know, as well as all the people, you know, like Mike, who make it possible, the organizers of the event, it, you know, it's the people who attend, right? And the generosity of those folks, all the people who throw down. You know, all the people I've met doing that, you know, what an amazing, generous group of people, right? You know, because I still find it odd that anyone would, would spend two bits, you know, to come fish with me, right? But these folks, you know, and for those of you who don't know, two bits is a quarter, right? For those <laughs> younger generation coming. You might still know, Dave, right? But, uh, you know... The, the generosity of those folks who come and attend the events has always surprised me. Because, again, I don't expect it, but uh, just the charity and the generosity of all the folks who participate. You know, what a welcoming group of folks out there and a generous group of folks. Oh, it's incredible. The love you feel when you're there and all the people. I mean, I've been to the captain's meetings. I see it. It's in, it's just incredible. And everyone's just giving, 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 giving back, which is super important in this industry because we, you know as much as I do, there something's going on in the United States of America. The last thing they want us to do is go fishing. For some strange reason, it doesn't make any sense, but they don't want us fishing. It's really strange. So we got to give back to these kids and get them out there fishing with us. We're going to, Randy, absolutely. We are going to, you know, the last, like we do every every week on this show, the last 10, 15 minutes of the show, we'll throw up your questions if you have some decent questions and they're not, not silly questions. And we'll let Dave answer them. And we'll try to cover as much as we can the last 15 minutes. You have, besides your TV show, Dave, you have a charter boat business that's very, a lot of, I know you said something and I just locked onto it. You can't believe people actually want to go fish with you. Anybody that knows anything about fishing, you're the guy we want to go fishing with when right. we come out there. Either there's two people that I want to fish with, you or Paul. Those yeah. are the rest. Say that hi. Hey, welcome to the show. You're the biggest star. That's hey. what we're hey. to see. Hey. 
So there's Nancy and the dog. Thank you, Nancy, for being a part of it. That is wonderful. Yeah, the dog wants to be part of the show too. If the if the if if the laptop goes crashing down, you'll know what happened, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Black, real quick. But yeah, your charter boat business. How bitching is that to see the? Yeah, no, that's been look again. For me, it's been uh, you know it was a lifesaver. The commercial fishing. You know, there was a time again with 300 plus days a year, we just went commercial fishing. Uh, and then, you know, the world was changing and, and the laws were changing. So in order to make up for some income, we lost, you know, in one area, let's face it, owning a boat and, and being a fisherman, it's always been about being diverse. You know, you got to roll with the punches as different seasons and different things change. Uh, and that's what we did for a lot of years. So, Again, when it all started, we, you know, we we had already been, you know, kind of for a couple months a year, I would do a few charters. I didn't have a fancy boat, but, you know, my claim to fame was, well, you could go with those guys on a fancy boat, you know, who fish in the summertime, or you can come fish with me. I fish year round. And, you know, I saw I had my clientele that that fit that bill. You know, we didn't, we weren't fast and fancy, but we caught a lot of fish. So, you know, I I had my clients, right? Um, so what a great, you know, when the show first started, that's exactly how I thought of it. You know, I didn't think it would go. Here we are with season 13 about to start airing in March. You know, I didn't think it would go three years. So, but one of the things I thought was what a great way to kind of build up my charter business a little, right? Now, you know, to look at where we're at now, you know, look, basically we're at, uh, we're a charter boat with a TV commercial that runs 20 plus weeks a year, right? What would be the value of that kind of advertising if I had to pay for it? So that's one of the reasons why you don't really see it on the show. You know, we have two boats. As soon as my son graduated college, he really has been running the, the old boat since he graduated college in 2018. Um, you know, and, and, and we, and why not get two boats? We were booking one boat every available day. So why not go with another boat? And, you know, that's where we're at today. Folks can find out about our charter fishing trips at angelicafisheries.com. Or they can follow us on our social media at FV Hard Merchandise on Facebook and Instagram. Or they can follow me personally at David Marciano or Captain Marciano on the social medias. Um, and that's what we're all about. We're all about those charter trips. It's been a great opportunity. It's definitely been one of the biggest economic opportunities that have come from participating in the show. We book those boats, uh, you know, all, all we want in any you know, I have to fight to take myself days off. Every year, I tell myself I'm going to give myself more time off. But then I wound up giving all my days off to charity events. So I wound up working seven days a week anyway. It never seems to end. But anyway, you know, we, we stay very busy doing that. And then, of course, I will take a moment to um, mention, you know, now just recently we launched our seafood website angelicaseafoods.com and on our seafood website you can go on there and we'll ship folks 
Now, all of us who live on the coast or go catch our own fish are spoiled. We don't think much of it, what it's like to have a nice, fresh piece of fish. The reason I launched this website was for that reason, you know, a lot of folks aren't as fortunate enough as those of us who live on the coast and or even go catch our own fish. So through our website, you can get uh, seafood shipped overnight off the boats. We pack it, we put it in, on a plane, and we'll send it overnight anywhere in the country. Um, so you can get that fresh fish that, you know, a lot of people don't even know what it's like or what's, you know, to experience such a fresh piece of fish, you know. So that's been a great thing. And on that front, we're opening up our retail location, hopefully in March. We've been working on it for about a year uh, with the remodeling and the building permits and yada, yada, yada. You know, I had to learn the hard way that, you know, on shore, it's not like the boat. You can't just roll up your sleeves and get stuff done. This this whole due process with, with buildings on land. And that can be frustrating, but I'm sure any business owners out there know exactly what I'm talking about. But hopefully our retail location will open up uh, March 1st. And other than that, we can ship it again anywhere in the continental United States overnight to your door at angelicaseafoods.com that's an that's an incredible service you're offering like you said most of us that live on the ocean we don't understand what it what a delight it is to get some fresh fish delivered to your house in the middle of the united states of america and dave's willing dave and nancy are willing to take care of that so make sure you check them out and let's talk about that for just a second, because I've had Tommy the fishmonger, I've had Reed the fishmonger, I've had Luke McFadden on here. Yeah, we got you on here. And the number one thing that Tommy pounded into my head is the United States of America is the number one consumer of seafood in the world. Yet we make it almost impossible for our commercial fishermen to actually get to go out and fish for a living. And isn't that the craziest thing you've ever, I mean, you guys are so. No, look, no. If you dig down a little deeper, right? Yes. (laughs) And look, this is after a lot of experience. I was involved in the fisheries management process for 20 plus years as a fisherman. You know, and, and that's where all the boards that make the rules, you participate as an industry advisor and you sit at all the endless hours of hearings and subcommittees and, you know, I spent a lot of time doing that. You know, and here's the thing. 90% of that seafood that we consume in the United States is imported, right? So that's the first issue. And it's like, well, people just don't have access. But then you've got to look at the whole big picture. And it's really a multifaceted thing. Number one, for a politician, the real bullies on the block are the ENGOs, right? The non-government agencies, Pew Charitable Trust, you know, Environmental Defense Fund, right? It's all about the money. Let's face it, you know, that environmental industry is an industry like any other in this country. uh, And they have one goal and one operation, you know, one motivation, and that's to generate profit. And they do that, you know, it's profit for the non-profits. So you've got there, you know, and for a politician to get uh, labeled as anti-environment, well, that's political suicide, right? So that's what they're dealing with because as much as, you know, 
even though we're their constituents and they would like to represent fishermen in their families, they have to do that very carefully. Because again, for a career politician to be labeled anti-environment by these real bullies on the block, the ENGOs and non-governmental organizations, that person's political career is over. So they have to tiptoe around supporting commercial fishermen in their families. They have to be careful not to get that label, otherwise their career is over. They're real, the people with the money will put them out of business. And then you have the other politicians, the ones that really frustrate me. You know, because if you look, if you follow the money, and we all hear about, you know, that whole insider trading that goes on in Washington. And if you look around and if you do a little digging, you'd be inclined to find that a lot of these folks are heavily invested in those companies that import seafood to this country. So not only do they own the ketchup, they own the fish sticks too, is what it comes down to. So it's in their own fiduciary interest to eliminate U.S. commercial fishing families. And then they get praise from those ENGOs for saving their planet. So for some of those politicians out there, and it's always the biggest voices, you know, there's a, there's a monetary reason for that. And that's what I find frustrating because it, when it comes down to it, when it comes to be management of our resources, U.S. commercial fishermen are leaders in the world when it comes to fisheries management success stories. We've been bound by law since 1972 when the Sustainable Fisheries Act was implemented. It was voted in by Congress unanimously. Um, you know, all the fisheries that we manage in the United States, whether on the East Coast or the West Coast or any place in between, you know, we have to manage at a sustainable level. And we've gotten really good at that. And, you know, the unfortunate part is now that we have so many fully rebuilt fisheries, you know, we've lost the infrastructure in many cases. We get the, you know, what good is rebuilding the fish if there's no fishermen left to harvest them when you get there? That's what happens in a lot of cases. Uh, if there's no processors left or, you know, the fishing industry, it's not as simple as just catching a fish. That whole uh, distribution, the infrastructure that makes it possible to get from the boat to the consumer needs to be built uh, up again. If you know, And that's my humble opinion. And again, that ties into why I'm doing what I'm doing with you know, our seafood website. I will only deal with U.S. wild harvest. Primarily, I'll deal with the Gulf of Maine. And let's face it, I'm biased. I believe that's the finest seafood in the world because that's the seafood I've been catching. But I also know, you know, now that we're in business as a seafood distributor, we have to have other options. You know, you can't just sell one fish if you want to stay in the seafood business. But anytime I do branch out to other products that we don't catch locally here in Gloucester, I will always make sure. It's U.S. wild harvest. And that has been the biggest challenge because dealing with those cheap imports, well, again, where everybody else is making a bunch of money, you know, 
the people in that business love cheap imports because they buy it for so much less and they 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 sell it. You know, they, it, it's easy profits, right? So it's a hard game to play. But I what I've found in the year or so that I've been in business with this seafood company, people are willing to pay more when they realize they just didn't realize they had a quality option. Because let's face it, shipping seafood overnight isn't cheap. It's not Dave's bargain seafood, Ben. I can't do that cheaply. Jet fuel is expensive, right? If you want to have your product shipped, uh, you know, and, and we don't make any money off the shipping. You just pay the shipping to get your product to you. But I guarantee if you make the commitment that the product we put in the box is going to be the best product you ever had. And so far, we've had a great response from that. Um, and I think it's going to be a big matter of educating the public. And that's why I love what, you know, Tommy's doing, you know, the guy out there in the West Coast, he seems to be a like-minded individual. I haven't had an opportunity to speak with him, but I see what he does. And he's all about the same thing, supporting that local fishery out there. And that's, you know, that's a great thing, no matter where it's happening. Absolutely. Well, that's why I brought that up because of the fact that people don't understand. They stand on the side and they look at the fish in the case at at your fish market, Angelica Seafood or at Tommy Gomes's Tunaville Market or go buy Luke's crabs or go down to Reed's. And they're like, well, wait a minute. There's a piece of tuna at Costco that costs like $18 less than yours does a pound. Yeah, because you guys don't understand. Our fish, you know, when you talk to you, Dave, you know where that fish that you're sending out across America, you know where that fish came from. You know where who caught it, where it came from. It's United States caught by yeah. us and then distributed by us. And it, right. like Tommy says, it creates so many jobs. It creates right. the ice guy, the packer, the coffee. When you got your coffee, you and Nancy got your coffee yeah. this morning. It, yeah. People don't understand. Our fish is the very the best fish in the world. The processors. It supports the whole communities in these towns. And it's, you know, again, it's oftentimes it's because people didn't know. And that's why that's one of the things, you know, one of the greatest opportunities because of the show, right, has been, especially with tuna, right? We've They've had these ENGOs drill it down in their head. When you say the word tuna, and not us, we all know, but, you know, people in their minds have a vision around the country, especially in the middle of the country. You know, when you say the word tuna, one thing pops into their head, you know, factory trawlers and dead dolphins. And that's that whole anti-fishing lobby. who want to stop us all from fishing. And so the truth is, is people are surprised when they see how we catch fish one at a time and harvest them sustainably. And that that's just one fishery, the tuna fishery. We have many sustainable fisheries in this country all around the coast. And um, I support them all. I think, you know, we just need to get the message out there. And that's what I'm trying to do with, you know, my website. Because, again, my experience is people didn't realize that when they found out, they are not disappointed. They are, are perfectly willing to pay a little bit extra for that, that U.S. quality and they love the idea of supporting U.S. fishermen and everybody else in the pipeline. Oh, absolutely. It's 
so important for people to like Tommy says all the time, understand where your food's coming from. Understand where your seafood's coming from. Why is our seafood the very best in the whole world? Because we fish it sustainably. We take very, very good care of our fish. You take good care of your fish. You get to watch it on the show. But besides that, we get to see it. All your posts you and Nancy do of Angelica seafood and showing your food and everything. If people saw where that fish comes from that they're buying at Costco, they wouldn't even you wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. But it's just I, I, I want to respond uh, to one of the questions, if I could, about a seafood website. So AngelicaSeafoods.com. Now, when you ask if we have this or we have that, what we offer, um, what we offer, right, is we we when it comes to crab cakes, somebody asks about crab cakes. So we'll send you the fresh crabs to make your own cra crab cakes. We'll send you the recipes to use the crab, right? We're all about education. AngelicaSeafoods.com. You know, the idea is so people aren't scared to cook their own fish. We're going to send you recipes. We have a ton of rep recipes on the site. And now here's what's different, though. What people need to understand is different seasons mean different species are at peak abundance. And those are the species that fishermen are bringing in, right? So what we want to do through education is condition to people to say, if you look at our website, what we're offering now, the seafood that you're going to see in our website, all the fresh seafood that you're going to see on our website is what's coming in right now off the boats. Now in June, some of the species that we're selling now will be there, but some of the species are going to be gone. So in June, there's going to be different species at peak abundance. And that's what we're trying to do with our fresh seafood line. Get folks conditioned to the fact that, you know, you can't have crab cakes year round if you want fresh crab cakes, right? Now, yes, you can have frozen crab cakes year round. That's easy to do. But we're trying to build this around what fishing communities are bringing in, what fish are in peak abundance, and that's better for the fishermen. If we can create a demand traditionally for a fisherman, the guys out there applying these waters, catching these fish, when the fish start to come easy, when the fish show up, the price drops. So what I want to do is create a demand for the product for these guys so I can pay those guys more for the fish because the demand went up. And I think it's all, it's going to take time and it's not going to be easy. A lot of the other buyers who handle the imported swill don't like what I'm doing. They're some of my biggest adversaries. But I think if I stick with it, eventually I'm going to make it work because I think people understand it's better to support U.S. wild harvesters. It's more, it's more environmentally sound to support U.S. wild harvesters, and you're going to get a much better product. Way better product. Like Tommy Gomes always says, Good seafood isn't cheap, and cheap seafood is not is good, good, gang. Yeah. You guys are getting the That's highest awesome. quality product you could possibly get from Dave and Nancy. They're not going to send you out some garbage. You're going to open that up, and you're going to—you've never seen anything like it. If you haven't had fresh seafood from the United States of America, and most people haven't, so you're giving them a service that most people just can't even comprehend. So check it out, gang. 
definitely check it out because it's going to change what you eat. Once you taste this seafood, you'll just go, wow, I didn't even know seafood tasted that phenomenal. No, because you're buying that swell. Like Dave just said, you're buying that swell. Gang, we got about six, seven more minutes. If you have a burning question you would like to ask Mr. Marciano, feel free to send it in right now on over on the side there. Just send in whatever question it is. We'll do our very best to answer it. And I want everybody that's watching to understand we do this show Monday through Fridays at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Every single Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we bring in special guests. And I think we may be able to bring Mr. Marciano back again. I think you kind of had a good time today. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I saw one question I'll answer. Someone asked, uh, does a product arrive with ice packs? We spent, you know, the, before I even shipped the first piece of fish out, we spent months working with packing companies in different packaging because you know again things i didn't understand as a fisherman you know what type of packaging is available to ship my seafood out how do we do it what's the best packaging you could spend money on packaging from a business sense but if they can't provide enough um product for us you know if we do grow and we are shipping seafood out i'm going to need a lot of boxes to pack that seafood in we spent months before we ever shipped out the first um, piece of fish um, to the to to the to you know to clients. You know, we we tried different product, and I would ship fish to a friend in Florida. I would ship fish to the West Coast. I would ship fish, uh, you know, different areas, especially where there's where heat's an issue, like Texas, right? And I would tell them, I'm going to ship you a box. And it's expected to be overnight, and you're going to have a delivery time. You know, the way it works, it's all explained on the website, right? We ship out two days a week right now that, you know, for Tuesday for Wednesday's delivery, and we ship out Thursday for Friday deliveries. So you can expect your package when you get home from work. And that's all well and good on paper. But what happens, you know, when the, when, when you're there to get the package, but you don't get home six hours you know, for whatever reason, you're delayed getting home and that package is sitting out in the porch in the sun. I wanted to make sure, you know, folks who are getting these packages, that seafood was going to be good. So we did a lot of work. We spent months, probably six months, trying different things till we found what we felt was, you know, it wasn't the cheapest packaging, which the businessman in me would want, right? But what, good, you know... I knew my business wouldn't work if I went with the cheapest packaging. Sure, I'd make more money on every order because, you know, the, the I'm paying the packaging. That's coming out of my end, right? And obviously, it's built into the cost of the product. But, you know, so we had to find that line. Well, you know, how do we find a decent package that's going to do the job and do it well? We spent a lot of time and effort and money just researching that before we ever sent out our first piece. So um, you won't be disappointed. Now, again, like we're in the winter season now with the, with the winter storms that come, you know, we we took a lot of lumps last year because hey, if the shipping industry, you know, the planes and the trucks can't move because of these big winter storms, you know, that's when all of a sudden packages get delayed for days. And we couldn't, you know, that, you know, 
that's out of our hand. But oftentimes, you know, we wound up eating that loss and shipping out new product when the weather, you know, when the weather improves. So like this year, you know, as a business, we had to learn, you know, this year, probably when you have those major storm events around the country, you know, we're going to stop shipping for the week because there's nothing we can do. I can get it on the plane and get it on the train and get it on the on the truck. But if those trucks can't move and the planes can't fly, you know, that's out of my hands. So, you know, like that's been again, that's just been a been a part of the evolution of our business. You see that one question up there on the from Which Tim? One? Oh, how do I book a fishing trip? Ah, best time for blue. You can book trips at angelicafisheries.com. So different than Angelica Seafoods. We have two separate websites, but they are co-linked. You can, if you go to one, you can get to the other. Um, but angelicafisheries.com, you can find out all about our uh, bluefin tuna trips. Now, it's the best time for bluefin tuna. We have a long season for bluefin tuna, but we expect during about six weeks of that season, we block off for filming the show, right? Uh, we assume we're going to do another season. And that's obviously happens during some of the best fishing of the year. But if you, if you look at our website, all those frequently asked questions are there. We have a section for our frequently asked questions. But the way it works right now, the best fishing can be in September, October. But there's a trade-off. In September, October, oftentimes the majority of our quota has been caught for the year. Uh, and if our quota is caught, we can't keep and sell the fish. We can tag and release the fish. So, you know, there's trade-offs. You can come earlier in the year. The fishing may be slower, but we have good fishing, you know, throughout the season. But it is fishing. Uh, and again, remember, it's going to be different than that West Coast fishery. When you come with us, oftentimes one bite makes the whole day. So you're not going to see 30 bites like you you could in a day out there. Uh, it's a different fishery. But again, visit us, angelicafisheries.com. If you got more questions, shoot me an email. I have a link up there for my email uh, for our trips, and I can answer any questions in more detail uh, through the emails. Or I'll give you a call if you got a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> and also, gang, Dave and Nancy will be jumping on the on the feed afterwards and answering your questions that we didn't get to today because there's so much, so many people watching and so many people leaving comments. And Nancy's trying to keep up with you guys as best she can, but there's a lot of stuff going on. Plus, we all want to hear what Dave has to say. All right, one um, more quick one. Let me answer because it's frequently asked. If I catch a bluefin oh, tuna on a charter, can I keep that fish? If we're fishing for the Giants and the quote is open, the way it works here is only a federally permanent vessel can sell to a federally permanent buyer. So, no, you don't keep that fish. We sell it. Um, that's the way it works. If Now, that being said, that's only while the quote is open. If you come and the quota is closed, we do have a recreational fishery. For, for fish on the show, they're under 73 inches. We call them shorts in the show. Now, we can't keep them if we're commercial fishing. But under the recreational rules, if I have the proper permits, and of course we do, under the recreational rules, if I have a charter aboard the boat, 
we can keep a short and those short fish can be kept by the clients to be taken home for consumption, but not for sale. And again, that's spelled out with a little more detail, but that's a frequently asked question that we get. And I just saw it pop up on the screen. And like you said, I'll go on and answer more of these uh, when we're done with the podcast. Okay. I have my own personal question. I want to ask you now that you've fished on our, on the West coast and you been bluefin fishing your whole life back there when you see our bluefin come over the rail and you see what's going on is it a different fish is it the same fish what do you well say? no it's it's it is definitely a different species right it's you know it's a pacific bluefin tuna and it's a, an atlantic bluefin tuna and then you know our stock is actually a combination of two stocks you have the western atlantic stock which is the the fish that we catch on the east coast and then you have the Eastern Atlantic stock, which is 10 times larger in biomass than that Western Atlantic stock. And those are the Mediterranean bluefin tuna, right? And then out on the West Coast, you have those Pacific bluefin tuna, right? So they are bluefin tuna. They're all, I guess, subspecies, you call it. Um, you know, but they're closely related. That's why, you know, they, they are vastly different fisheries and are... You know, these Atlantic giant bluefin tuna are called giant tuna because they get those giant size. Uh, but your fishery, and again, I, I'm, I'm only learning the history and the knowledge of that West Coast fisheries. But I get, I bet you guys will be seeing 400 pounders the way the trend seems to be. Um, you know, over the past decade, I've been watching that fishery and learning about that fishery. Yeah, I think you're right on with that 400-pound fish coming over the rail and into the pail pretty soon, buddy. Um, I want to. Th- We've gone over, gang, and I I apologize for that. Do you see another question there you want to answer real quick? Uh, I mean, got yeah, it. I- I don't see the offhand. I'm trying to figure out how to scroll. (laughs) (laughs) Well, gang, we went over. I always promised everybody an hour. I know most of you had to get back to work out here on the West Coast. People are watching on their lunch hour every day, Dave. You guys can watch this. It's going to be available on YouTube and Facebook forever. And it goes out on all the podcast carriers right after we are done with the show here. Elliot puts it out on all the podcast carriers. I want to thank my good friend Elliot for a, producing a phenomenal show today. My goodness, so much great information. Dave Marciano, you run you are a phenomenal guest. I loved having you with us today and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and I sure hope we can bring you back on the show. Very good. Thank you again. And pleasure pleasure being here. All right, Dave will answer questions on the side if you have anything you can keep leaving comments after the show's done live. You will do our very best. The two of us or the three of us, Nancy will be involved and we'll try to answer all these questions. Thank you everybody for a phenomenal day. Thank you for a great show. I will see all of you on Sunday. I got uh, Pablo and Justin joining me. We're going to do a quick 
end of the season. Thank you to everyone and let you all know about what we have planned for next year. So make sure you tune in on Sunday at noon. We're going to do a quick show. It will only be about 10 minutes, but we just want to thank everybody for a phenomenal year. Elliot, Andrew, everybody, thank you all very, very much. Have a great weekend. And those of you that we don't see Sunday, have a happy new year and we'll see you all on Monday. Thank you very much.